Top 27, episode 8. Suman, you, man, this is the episode that they reveal everything. You know, yeah. a lot of people knew that something was wrong with your knee. And yep. uh, now everything is clear what happened. The doctors came in. They did an MRI on your knee. You found out that you your ACL was torn. Was it completely torn when you went to the doctors afterwards? It was completely torn. No. Um, so they, they said that uh, when, they, when they looked at my knee, when the commission guy had looked at my knee before I had even gotten an MRI, he said, your ACL is definitely there's some tear in there because of the way he felt uh, my knee move. And then I was like, oh, I, I didn't think that it would be my ACL. I thought it was something bad and I knew it was something worse than like a meniscus tear because I've done that before. But um, I didn't think it was that bad. And then when the doctor looked at it, um, the, when the doctor looked at it, first thing they said was, yep, uh, there are traces of it. We'll see how bad it is. Um, it was only until after I found out that it was a complete tear. Um, it, it, I've got a photo of it. Um, and it, oh, it was a complete rupture is what they've, they've uh, written down. But it was a complete rupture. So, um, yeah, I didn't have an ACL. <laughs> well, you're very emotional, you know, after you found out the news. Of course, it would be emotional because you went through so much shit up to that yeah. point. You know, like you said last week you know, going through that dieting and, you know, that mentally that's, you know, draining on you. And then your, your leg is hurt, but you don't know why, what's wrong with it exactly. And then you find out and you're off the show because you had a chance to actually get back on the show because there was two spots or open, yeah. actually one spot at featherweight open. Right. So there was a possibility. So that's probably running through your mind also. And then you hear this news and it's just like, everything's, it's just, it's over basically. Right. You're out of the competition. So, what tell me what was going through your mind when you when the doctor told you like it's over? Well, going into that meeting with the doctor, I knew that um, I have a possibility if everything is okay um, to be back into the competition. Uh, like I had strong word, and um, Dana White was real positive towards me as well, and um, I was real confident of getting back into the semifinals. Um, you know. And that's all I was waiting for how many days from right after my fight was finished. And they told me that I have to go get a clearance. And the next day when I found out that Ricky could possibly out, even with Ricky not being out, um, I was already saying to the coaches that I wanted the 155 spot. Um, you know, they don't show it in, in the season, but I did ask for that. And um, I did ask the producers. I did try and, and talk to them and everything about that. So I was up for that. And then coming to listen to the doctor, I was trying to stay as positive as I could, thinking, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. They'll let me fight with a meniscus tear. They'll let me fight with an MCL tear. I knew that the only thing that would stop them from letting me fight was an ACL tear. And um, then when I was speaking to the doctor, he was kind of talking me through some things. Uh, the scene obviously went for longer than what you guys seen, but he was talking me through my knee and everything. And then the way he made it sound, it, was, it sounded pretty positive. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, I don't think it's going to be that bad. And then I know he goes, and yeah, we got bad news. Your ACL is torn. At that moment, you know, um, I don't remember. I just remember just thinking that the world is ending. You know what I mean? I just had that moment in my head that, um, 
that everything was going to, like everything that I'd worked towards, everything that I'd done was gone, you know. I had, I knew I had one leg going in, you know, but there's not much you can do, you know. I, I just, I didn't know what to feel at that time, you know. I'd been going through that for the last, like, two, three weeks, that pain in my knee, um, you know, I, I'd kind of tried to accept it. I tried to say, you know, be positive throughout any situation, no matter what it is, blah, blah, blah. But then hearing that, that my ACL is actually torn, you know, it was far worse than the pain. The pain in my leg uh, wasn't that bad. You know, um, it was just the pain on the inside <laughs> that was a bit worse. Was it the the possibility, a high possibility, of you redeeming yourself from the performance that you had in your first fight that kind of made the news tougher to swallow? Yeah, because like I knew that I knew that uh, I went in there and, and I and I and I did what I could. Ricky beat me, he bested me. I've got no no excuses. My knee is no excuse. I'm sure he had his own shit to deal with. Um, you know, but I felt like I I had done a sh- I had a strong enough performance. Uh it was a competitive enough a competitive enough fight for everyone to see that I, I could make a run in that stuff. So I felt like I did uh, kind of put myself in a position to, to be brought back and to have that taken away just kind of sucked because, you know, I did try and, um, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, you had the surgery and yep. you how has the rehab and everything been going? Perfect. Um Everyone knows me. I, I I always want to stay around my gym, and what's important, and what someone told me when I was, I think it might have been um, Volante. Uh, he told me that the most important thing is, uh, even if I'm injured, just stay in routine. You know, um, just keep going to the gym, and and that will keep my mind fresh. So, the same day that I had surgery, I think uh, I had surgery. Like I had a complete knee re- reconstruction. It was a six-hour surgery or a five-hour surgery, I think it took. Um, that You're meant to stay in hospital overnight. So I got my surgery at 9 a.m. in the morning um, at 4.30 or 5 o'clock, maybe 6 o'clock. Yeah, I think by 6 o'clock, I was at my gym. Um, I had my brace on. I had my legs wrapped up. I was high on endone. <laughs> and, you know, I still went, I still went to I, – I got an Uber – from the hospital straight to my gym. And um, I sat there on the mat and I was just still talking. And then from that day, every day after that, I was still in my gym every day. I was still coaching, even with the leg brace on and, and everything. I was, I was sticking to my routine. I wasn't meant to, uh, I wasn't meant to fly. They told me I'm not meant to fly for like two or three weeks because of my knee. Uh, four days later, we had Hex. And that's when Darwin Sagaret had fought the guy from Korean top team. And I remember this was four days after surgery. I'm not meant to even be out of bed. I should maybe even still be in hospital. When Darwin had won, I remember I was jumping up on my leg and I threw my crutches aside and got into that cage and it was crazy. But as much as I can, I've tried to live my life normal um, and stick to my routine. My rehab has been going really well. I've got like the best um, doctors and I've got the best physio and everything working on me. Um, You know, uh, the UFC, Pilgrim, and the crew there have financially helped with everything. Um, I haven't had to pull a dollar out from my own pocket to to do anything for my physio, for my rehab, uh, like just 
that's what's made it real, real easy. Um, these things are super expensive, and I only realize that now. Um, but uh, I remember I was at the hospital at like 8 a.m. in the morning, and they said that the money hadn't gone through for the for the surgery. Um, because obviously a lot of paperwork to and from America and stuff like that, they're taking care of it. Um, I called up Gary DeFranco at like 8 a.m. in the morning in Sydney. I don't even know what time that is in Vegas. I called up Gary at 8 a.m. in the morning. And within like 20 minutes, uh, they had all the money in the account for the hospital and everything. Um, you know, and, and these, are, these are some of the perks that like not many fighters or not many people will talk about. Um, I've been helped through everything. Um, and even at the dinner, Dana White knew I was going to get surgery. And Dana White said to me, he goes, don't worry about a thing. Everything is covered. Everything is taken care of. Um, and, you know, we've you've got our support. And I'm like, yeah, that makes it easier. That keeps me motivated to keep rehabbing and, and doing through all my stuff. I was meant to not do anything for five months. Um, it's now been 11 weeks. I'm already... I'm already boxing. I'm already doing weights. I'm already doing deadlifts. I'm already doing squats. I'm already working on my knee. I'm far ahead of my schedule. They said to me that um, a uh, on average it takes about nine to twelve months for an ACL uh, rehabilitation. They said a high level like athlete who works a lot will be better in seven to nine months. Um, I'm looking to be better, uh, be back into the cage at seven months. So by the end of the year, maybe. Yeah, I will be back in the cage by the end of the year. All right. So you're looking towards maybe at the in the December around yeah. that time to get back. I should be. Um, my my physio thinks that I'll, I'll be ready um, around November to fight. Um, so I him saying November, I said okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna just say to myself December. And if I can get ready by November, that's even better. Um, but I'll be ready by December to fight again. Isn't the the tough twenty eight? Finale? Finale in December? Yeah, it is. The heavyweights oh. and the the heavyweights and the female uh thing. So who knows? I I, I think that's uh, December twenty seventh, but I don't know. I don't know dates and stuff. You never know. You never know what can happen. Maybe they'll put together some uh They've done I, it before. I would like to see you take on Delati. That'll be that'll be something to be Delati <laughs> knows I'd whoop that ass. <laughs> Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I, like I said, like we were talking about it, even, even, um, after the show, oh, like, uh, like when some of us were eliminated and stuff and some of the guys would talk about the finale and stuff. I told all those guys, um, I'd be prepared to fight any of them in the finale or, you know, I'm sure some of those guys will fight in, in the UFC, um, like against each other. Not, not so much in the finale. These guys will cross paths again. We'll all cross paths again. You never know. You might see me and Ricky. We can still rematch. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen in the future. The show's not I, even over yet. The I think we had a fun me, me and Ricky had a pretty fun fight this season. Yeah, yeah. Now, so everything seems like it's going good. You have a timeline of when you want to be back, and that's great, man. It's like you can move forward, and you don't have to really dwell on what's happened. Now, the big question is, would you go back to the house? If they had, like, a – return you know like a redemption season would you go back to that no chance no no chance i'll tell you like that house was like it was it's a blessing like it's it's great uh and it is something that if i never did it before 
I would definitely want to experience and I'm happy I experienced it. But I would never want to live with those 15 men again. <laughs> I don't want to live with 15 other men ever again. Like, man, you don't see half the shit. Those people are so messy. I just can't deal with it. I was always dealing with anxiety due to dishes. And like, I'm not like a super clean person. Yeah, but like when I'm around other people and stuff or I just try and keep my own space tidy so no one says anything, you know, like if if your dishes are clean, no one can say anything. So I was always like that, but some of the other guys weren't. Yeah, they probably don't give a shit. It was, it was always like Bryce yelling at everyone for being dirty or something like that. That's why I liked Bryce. <laughs> well, now let's get into the fight for this episode eight. It was Tyler Diamond versus Dulani Perry. Now... A lot of people focus on Dulani talking shit, but both these guys talk shit. It's just different yeah, ways. That's right. Um, Dulani has his way of promoting himself, and Tyler does too. Tyler, Tyler is just as uh, confident I'll, as Dulani. Say confident. I wouldn't say cocky or arrogant. I'll say he was just as confident uh, as Dulani. But obviously, I think that Tyler's confidence was a bit more real. Dulani's was a bit more played up. Um, but, yeah, these guys, they approach the fight how they need to approach a fight. Well, Tyler, he's very confident. Dulani's very confident. Um, Tyler's a wrestler with – if we, we saw in the fight, he's a wrestler with very vicious ground and pound. And then Dulani is a fighter that's a striker who says that he has some jujitsu skills, which that didn't come out in the fight at all because he laid on his back. Now, in round one – it was like if there was a ten seven round, that was a ten seven Ow. round. Ten seven round. No, that was ten eight. Ten eight. But a ten seven. Like me, wow. I think ten. I think if you knock them down, like, I think if you knock down a fighter, I think that's a ten eight round. To be honest with you, and then the other fighter didn't do anything. There's so much. Look, there's so much that can happen in in a round that like one knockdown can't necessarily mean a ten eight because sometimes it. Could be a slip, could be whatever. But that was definitely, that was a 10-8 round because a 10-8 round is, is complete domination, you know. Um, I think a 10-7 round is, is when you've gotten to the point um, two or more times where the referee is about to step in and stop the fight. Um, even though Delaney was getting hit, uh, kind of from his guard or his half guard, he, in the first round he never got, like constantly pounded on so where the referee was about to step in and stop the fight. That's the only reason I don't call it a 10-7. Um, it was just complete domination. I was like, 10-8. The problem for Delaney was, look, I, I don't know where he had, he had trained before, but um, he, he had a real like, gi style of jiu-jitsu, which doesn't work for MMA. He, he he does traditional jiu-jitsu and he wears his gi, which is which is well and good. But in MMA, you need to um, be cage aware. You need to uh, more than anything know how to uh, more than how to play guard or how to play half guard. You need to know how to get up, um, and that's the difference of MMA. And I think that Delaney was just lacking that. Um, he, he you can see from that first thing he's skilled. Like he's got some kicks and stuff that can really keep you away. Um, I just think that he doesn't know how to mix it up yet. And I think that he's just not as confident in himself to stay standing. You know, you've seen him, um, you've seen him pull guard. And then when in he's seen Delaney, 
You know, he pulled God in the first round. Well, he won he for the guillotine. He didn't have a guillotine on. I Both know, of his, Yeah. He came back and he came into the back room and he's like, yeah, I, went, I thought I had that guillotine. And like, Jay looked at him like, what guillotine are you talking about? You can't get a guillotine with both arms. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I think he just lacked there. And I think he, he needed some no training. And if you guys have him on Instagram, follow him at Fight God. He, um, he, he's over and he's doing some work with the team Alpha Male. So he's learning from his losses. Well, yeah, that like Tyler, he showed that, man, his, he is, he is legit. He is, he is, there's a justification for him being picked number one, but maybe that's just Dulani Perry not being as good as he promoted himself to be. You never, you know, you don't know until these guys fight again. Right. Yeah. And you'll see them in the future. Um, like, I liked how they did, promoted themselves. I liked how that Dulani did what he did because he, he did what he had to do. That's his, that's his thing. You know what I mean? Like, people could say it's fake and, and the hate on the man, Hate on the man as much as you want. We're still watching him. He still made it onto the show. Good. On, he must have done something right. And he tells you he's an entertainer. Like, he's, he is. Looking, to, he's looking to get into movies. He never says once that he's looking to become a champion. No. He, I'm telling you now, that guy de deserves to have his own MTV. Uh, like, he should be like a talk host on like an MTV show or something. He's hilarious. He, he, and he's, he's really, really intelligent. If you see him speak on Tough Talk with Michael Bisping and Karen Bryant after um, the episode, he's actually a super intelligent guy. But he's not my, a fighter. My only worry for him is like, you know, in America – you can't be flashing all that cash and and do that. Hey, you end up getting shot, getting robbed. You know what I mean? Like America's hey, a different story. Nah, six nines running rampant on all of you guys. No one's <laughs> doing shit to six nine. <laughs> Delani is like the six nine of the MMA world. It is, he is. He is. He is the six nine of the MMA world. You're right. Hey, but every world needs one. Exactly. Hey, he. I like. I like what Perry did. And I like what Tyler did. They had their own confidence. They had their own way of promoting themselves. And, and they had different goals on the show. And you can't hate on it. You can't hate on one person have a certain goal while they're on the show and another person have a different goal. Everybody's path is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Dulani and Tyler's paths are different. And, but 100%. And you got to look at the age. Well, Dulani is an older guy. Dulani is like 32, 33 years old. He had his birthday in that house, which we celebrated. But um, but like he, he's an older guy. He's 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 just he's using this platform to to get himself somewhere else, and that's fine as well. Like you see, people use the MMA platform to get themselves into the WWE. Sometimes that's what they really want to get. Sometimes you got to do do some stuff like that. If Delaney's willing to go and take a beating to get somewhere, I like I praise the guy more because at least he's got the balls to jump in there. You know. Doesn't yeah. matter if he asked me or not. He, he's still like he's still taking a chance to go on. And if he knows he's not that good, and he puts himself in front of millions and millions of viewers, you know, for for other people's entertainment, why not? Why should we bag the guy? People are bagging on CM Punk right now. Why? We're still wanting to watch him fight. Who cares? Yeah, you can't you can't bag on Perry and then talk about you want to see CM Punk fight. That's yeah. just fucking retarded. That's you right. know. Now, well, 
what do you think about the submission though like I don't know if that submission was on all the way. You know, like the coaches were saying, oh, that submission was tight. Like DC said Even that. Tight, that submission was barely on. Yeah. I think that, I think that uh, Delani was caught in a submission and then he kind of rolled and he was already ready to tap. And then he was already, he, he, it looked like he was kind of rolling out of the submission. He didn't even have the and, legs locked in. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then he tapped. But what I think it was, it was just, he wanted, he wanted his way up. You know, and like he said, he saw he, he he admitted it. He said he saw blood, and after that, he didn't know what to think. And those are the realities of fighting. You know, sometimes some people have never seen themselves bleed. Some people have never seen themselves with a, a welt or a mark on their face. Some people have never been hit so hard they don't know if their face has exploded or not. How that's when you'll realize how someone reacts. You know, that's how you'll see who 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 are real fighters, they get hit and they keep coming forward and, and they want to keep fighting no matter the beating that they take. Not the beating that they, they're scared to take and then they end up finding a way to quit, finding a way out of the fight, you know? Um, you know, some fighters will fight from every position and then some fighters will, will tap easily in other positions because they panic, you know? Uh, it's up to you. Like, it's up to you who you want to be. It's your path. You know, uh, I know my path. That's Delaney's path, or other fighters have their own path. But you gotta, you gotta be true to yourself at the end of the day. You're right. Uh, like getting hit, getting cut, being bruised up, feeling yeah, you like your head rattle. You know, like especially, like it. You know, like I've being you know younger. I've been in fights, and you know your adrenaline's going. You get hit. You don't feel it as much. And then I've been hit in sparring. Where your your adrenaline is not going, and I and that is even worse. Yeah, that's worse. Yeah. Like you feel like I've 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 been hitting the jaw in sparring, and I felt like there's blood dripping down the inside of my jaw, and I'm that's and right. there is no blood dripping. It's like you just a feeling like you're gonna. It's just like a terrible feel. I don't know, man. Like, I guess everybody I, reacts differently. It's not. That's a good right. Feeling. It's not a good feeling. That's right. In like. I think that adrenaline helps you. Um, I think that that excitement helps you. Now, someone like Delaney, I don't know what is going on through his head. Like, why? Because I, I could tell that he's probably nervous. When, I think everyone's nervous when they fight. But what? How, how does his nerves translate into what he's doing when he gets touched? Um, you know, like I, I know a lot of, like I'm telling you a lot of guys, a lot of guys are great fighters. Um, and when they go into fights, they're like, I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. And I'm like, this guy's going to run through them and they're real calm and they feel nothing. But then the moment they step into that fight and they fall on the back foot and they get hit, they, they shit themselves. Why? Because they're, they're so calm. They try and make themselves so calm, so Zen that they forget they're in a, in a fight. And at the end of the day, that is exactly what this is. This is fighting. And if you're not a true fighter at heart, you always get found out. Seriously, like, it, it kind of reminds me of your fight at Rebel when you had that arm bar, like you were in that arm bar deep. Yeah. That deep arm bar. Like, was your arm fucked up after that? My arm's still fucked up. My arm is still <laughs> fucked up. For, for everyone's information, my arm is still fucked up. So when I had, um, when I got hit with that armbar I tore like a tendon in my elbow and uh it caused like bursitis I don't know if you know what that is but like 
uh, I had like massive swelling um, in my elbow. And if you've seen um, Nick Diaz's elbow, when he was draining it, mm-hmm. no, not, I well, he had one, and I don't know if he had, like, staff or something on it as well, but he was draining his elbow. And I literally had to do the same thing because there was blood caught up all in my elbow and there was so much fluid. I had to stick a needle in there and, like, drain, like, 20 mils of blood out. I got my yeah. brother to do it. Hey, you, if, if you're watching this, you need to go back and try to find a video of Suman fucking fighting that, <laughs> that arm bar. It's fucking deep. You see his face. Your face, you could tell. That shit wasn't comfortable at all, man. That do you think that 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 like that moment in your fight career did that kind of teach you something? Did that change you in a way? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I knew. I knew. Like I don't tap easy. Like when when I'm in training, like I don't I don't tap easy. If I get submitted, I get submitted. And I do get I do get submitted, but um, uh, I don't like to give up an easy tap. Uh, ever if someone gets me they get me when he got me in the armbar i was just willing to let it break i was willing to let it snap um and on the same event on the exact same event my brother fought and he fought hong gang yao who was like uh, big in china over there when they fought a bantamweight and my brother finished him in the second round with the heel hook but before that my brother actually got put in an armbar as well an exact same thing his arm was popping and moving just as bad as mine he didn't tap he didn't let go and that's just you learn things about yourself over your career, and and that was one of like the moments that I learned a lot about myself is that I am like you know a lot of people like I'm willing to go to sleep, I'm willing to let it break, I'm willing to do this. That's all well and good, but what happens when you are in that position? Mm-hmm. When you get put in a choke, are you willing to get put to sleep? You know, um, like in efforts to get out, are you willing to let it break and hopefully get out? And, and continue your fight. I've been put in those positions many times, um, you know, and uh, I've been put in positions where, where you, can, you can quit. A lot of other people have quit, and I've never quit, and I never will quit. If, if someone goes into a fight in my, in my next fight and they get my opposite heel or they get this heel and, and they try and tear my ACL again, they can tear my ACL again. But if they do, I'll end up putting them in hospital in the same exchange. Yeah, man. The, I, I think a lot of people that watch the sport of MMA, they need to go and take some classes. And before they start talking too much shit about, like, fighters and, the you know, what they're doing in the cage because they need to realize the positions that these fighters are in. And you could get into those positions when you're in a class, when you're in a Muay Thai class or you're in a Jiu-Jitsu class. You can get into these positions. You know, myself, I've been in these positions. I've been in a position where I'm sparring this guy and he's in the, I'm in the arm bar and I'm like, I could get out of this arm bar. And next thing you know, my arm is like, pop, 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 you know, like, and then I tap and I'm like, oh shit. And I've been in triangles with, uh, in sparring. And these both times are against fighters, but I don't know that they're MMA fighters. I'm just in class with them, sparring with them. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm in a triangle and I'm like, oh, I could get out of this triangle. And then all of a sudden I'm, um, you know, like the, the, the walls are closing in on me and shit. Like I could feel it, you know, like in the triangle. And then, then I tapped right when, before I went to sleep. And then next thing you know, my fucking eye, fucking the blood vessels in my eye popped I've had- and, you know, shit like that. I think people need to go and feel this. They need to 
you know, they need to understand this. They don't even need to do MMA. People just need to come down, do a jiu-jitsu class, and see how close to death you could actually come. <laughs> yeah? See how, how easily see how easily you could snap something. Like, we had, I, we had a first-timer come into our gym last night, for instance. And, and um, uh, they wanted to try... We have, like, an all-levels MMA class at Australian Top Team. Tuesdays and Thursdays at, at 7.30, we have an all-levels MMA class. And um, uh, me and my brother teach the, uh, teach the class. But in this class, we have a lot of our pro fighters do it as well. Um, why? Because the fundamental things that you learn in all levels of MMA is usually the things that are going to help you through it. Now, we had a guy come in and he would have been, uh, I think, like maybe 80, 85 kilos. So uh, like 185 pounds. And um, he came into class. First day he'd, he'd ever done anything. He, I think he might have played soccer or something before. Um, but yeah, he, he came into our class, was loving it. And then at the end of it, I'm like, oh, uh, the guys are going to do some grappling on the wall, you know? So they're going to do some takedowns and stuff like that. And um, I told him to sit out the first round and he was really, really keen to jump into this first round. I was like, nah, watch how it is first. You know, it's your first day. Uh, watch it. And then if you feel confident after that, you can jump in. All right. So after that, he jumped in, put him on the wall. And um, I put him with a girl and he looked at the girl and he's like, oh, really. and this is like probably a 55 kilo girl, you know, so 122 pounds or something. Um, and I'm like, oh, just go with her. And he's like, oh, I don't really want to hurt her. I'm like, trust me, you don't need to worry about her. Um, you can do whatever you want. And then he's like, all right, then. And he went to like get her in like a headlock, uh, like an like a old school, like bulldog choke headlock style thing on the wall. And she, like, picked him up by his hips and just dumped him on the floor, caught his back, and started, like, choking him out immediately. Uh, she's a pebble belt in jiu-jitsu. But, like, it just shows what a 55-kilo female could do to someone with a 30-plus uh, weight advantage. Does it always work like that? No. Some people are super explosive. Some people are uh, uh, a knowledge. And, again, this is a beginner that doesn't know anything against someone who's, who's a bit more experienced. But you see how weight... And gender and everything can go out of it. Now, if a woman can put you to sleep, imagine what you can do with a year's effort of, of jiu-jitsu or two years' effort of jiu-jitsu. Um, like, it just gives you a lot of confidence to, um, to know, know who you are as a person and what you can do as a person as well. Yeah, I've seen a lot of dudes, even guys with backgrounds. You know, like, even for myself, I've been in jiu-jitsu class and a guy comes in with a judo background, like, 10 years of judo and shit, right? Yeah. And then he comes in and he thinks he could just fucking fuck everybody up and take them yeah. down. And then he gets choked out. I've done it many times to guys that come in and, you know, and I've been training jujitsu for a few years. And even a six months of jujitsu will change your fucking life. Yeah, you know? man. Just, just, and you know what the most important time in your jujitsu career is? The first six months. What you take in in those first six months will, will, will be the things that stay with you for years as you're doing it. Like the techniques that I learned on my, on my first few lessons, like a basic armbar or triangle are the things that I would use the most. My first six months, I went to this hardcore jujitsu school where all the guys, it was in the morning. So all the guys that would come to the class, they're all like blue belts, purple belts, brown belts. And then I would spar all of them and I'm the only white belt at that time. And I would get fucked up. But the thing is I kept going. Like, a lot of the guys that were coming in in the mornings, they would come oh. for, like, a few days, and then they would never come back because it was just so hardcore. 
But I just kept going and going, and that changed everything because my defense became so much better, and then my offense came along after a while. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think persistence is the key to when you're training. Um, you've got to you've got to find like a lot of people nowadays find gyms that aren't that might uh, physically push them sometimes, but won't mentally push them. Why? Because mentally. They think if we push them too much, they'll get exhausted and they won't pay and they won't come back and they won't do this and they won't do that. The difference is, you know, you got to find a gym that mentally and physically pushes you um, and, and pushes you to your limits. Like everyone wants to learn a hobby and it's fine to want to train to lose weight or anything. But when you're doing that, you might as well do it right. Mm. You know, a lot of people nowadays are like, oh, I'm just going to do a box of box fit class and get my workout, which is fine. But you could do the exact same thing, doing a proper boxing class, learning your drills and, and getting a sweat up. It's all, it comes down to how hard you train. Yeah, you got to benefit somehow. Now, going back to the show, I love talking about this, but going back to the show, you got the picks, right? Um, the coaches went into the room with Dana White and they're deciding on who they want to you know, bring back because Luis and uh, – and Ricky, they're out of the show because they're injured. Um, now they picked, of course, Stipe picks Gunther. And, I, you know, I thought that that was a – you know, Stipe was saying, like, oh, it's not because he's my uh, – the guy's from my gym. But is it – come on, let's be honest. Like, Gunther, he didn't show anything. And it's not like – it's like, come on, you want – I would rather see a guy that went in there and went to war than a guy that just went in there and kind of – fell into a submission and didn't really show anything to anybody right and I don't know yeah. I don't know like I just think it was just too much favoritism right there and I, I believe that if you're gonna have a show and the coach is gonna be there I think nobody from your team should be on that fucking show I think that's bullshit yeah look when we came into the house well we didn't know a thing about Gunther all we knew was that he was Stipe's like training partner or someone from his from his gym when the semifinals were getting picked, I knew that Gunther was going to get picked. But I think based off fight, everyone was like, oh, Jose went through a wall. Jose should have got it. Jose survived a, like a two-round war. And he probably should have got it based off his fight. But, um, but Sleepay's trying to say it's based off of training. And Gunther did train hard. Uh, like I can never say if someone deserves a spot over someone else anymore because I was kind of in that same position. But um, I think that Jose, based off his fight, and that's what matters, it, it, it shouldn't really be based off where you're from or based off anything but how you perform as a fighter. It's about who they think um, can advance into the tournament. And in my opinion... Jose had more of a chance to advance in the tournament than Gunther did. I think that uh, Jose versus Mike would have been a far more interesting fight. How did people react to Gunther getting the spot? Were they pissed? Yeah. Uh, in the back, there was a lot of emotion. Um, Jose was in tears. Um, you know, and the reason he was in tears was because he felt like he left it all out there. Uh, again, uh, I can't really speak too much on on his behalf, 
but he felt like he had left it all out there and he was he was filthy at the fact that he felt Stipe had picked his boy over him based off the gym. Um, the coaches tried to remind Jose that that wasn't the case and uh, I think a few people tried to settle him by saying, you know, you'll probably fight in the finale and stuff like that. But um, I don't think anything eased the pain because when we were there, everyone just wanted to fight. You know, everyone just wanted to fight. I just wanted to fight. Jose just wanted to fight. Me and Jose were in that same boat together. But you can, you can make promises about probably you're going to fight in the finale. and No, then... no one – unless you hear it from Dana White, it doesn't mean anything. And another thing is, even if you do hear it from Dana White, a lot of things – like, if you say something four weeks ago, the next week something could have changed. Um, nothing is – Nothing is certain. So if someone said to me, you're going to fight in the finale, until I have a contract, until my poster is up, I don't believe in nothing. Exactly, man. You have to have a contract, man. You, you have to sign the dotted line. And, and that's, that's why when, when I was ruled out, I was heartbroken. Yeah, I, when I was ruled out, I was heartbroken. But then when it came down to the picks and I knew my name couldn't get picked, I, I wasn't upset or angry at the fact that anyone that did get chosen because I can't be angry at someone that's chasing the same dream as me. I was heart, I was heartbroken for myself, and I don't think that Jose was upset with himself, or was upset at Gunther either. I think he was just upset about the situation that he felt like he was put in. Yeah, definitely. I don't think he's. Yeah, I think Jose is smart enough to understand that everybody's going for the same thing, and and if Gunther got the pick, it's not his choice to get picked because everybody wants to be picked, right? That's it's right. Coaches. Gunther- so, and Gunther himself did go to Dana White and did make his little proposal with his funny hat. <laughs> I don't, but yeah, you know, um, he did what he had to do and, and good on him. You'll see another performance out of him. Well, I, I, think, I think a lot of people, when they see the Triziano and versus uh, Gunther fight that they chose, I think uh, Mike, he, he's a big favorite going into that fight, man. A big, big favorite going into that fight where – Mike, I think he has, uh, he has a very, his game is all around, and but what's funny about it is Gunther, he got choked out so fast that you don't even know what the fuck is going on with him, man. Like you don't even know how he's gonna react this time. He kept saying, "Oh, I just wanna, I just wanna feel like I got into a fight." So hopefully this time he gets himself into a fight. Definitely. Now the the other uh, fight that they announced was uh, Katona versus. Bryce Mitchell, I think this is gonna. This is the best matchup, like evenly, yep. evenly. Yep. This is the best matchup. It, it's gonna be crazy this fight because both these guys can come and finish the fight pretty quickly. I I was split on who I think could win that fight the whole season, and like the closer we got to that fight, it was like oh, I don't know who's gonna win. Both great grapplers, both can throw hands, um, both can wrestle. You know, and even guys that were training with them because they were in the same training room, everyone else always said the same thing. Um, they didn't know who was going to win the fight. Now, the other one is the weird fight is Zuniga, the guy that nobody knows what he's saying, versus Gianetti. Huge yeah. height difference, reach difference. This is kind of a toss-up because you don't even know what Zuniga can do. And Giannetti, you don't really know what he can do either because he just choked out Gunther in like 10 seconds. So it's odd, odd matchup. like a young Nate Diaz. It's like a young Nate Diaz. He's got some skills. 
And um, Alan is tough as fuck. So, you know, you've seen how emotional he was not to fight. So imagine what happens when he gets the opportunity to fight. For sure. And then the last one is Tyler Diamond versus Jay. Uh, I don't know. I think Tyler Diamond is the favorite in this fight, just off the performance that he had against Dulani. Um, I don't know. Jay is kind of a toss-up. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how he's going to show up uh, when he comes and takes on Tyler because Tyler's performance, I think that everybody watched it and said, hey, man, this guy, he's legit. You know, it could it could feed into some – the mental aspect of Jay too, even though Jay might be confident in himself. Jay's a, so Jay, the one thing about Jay is his survivor. You know, he's been to war and everything. There's nothing you can do to phase that man. Um, if he, if he lacks skills wise or like in the wrestling or in, um, in striking or anything, he makes up for it in heart. Uh, and, or the, if you put a any fighter in there, that's just got heart. Um, then you're always going to make for an exciting fight. So it's going to be a good one. All right, before we go, let's talk about UFC 225 because the Australian invasion is happening in Chicago this weekend. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the fights. Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero. You know, you've heard that Yoel Romero ha did not do open workouts because something is wrong with his eyes, which is yeah. kind of funny. I don't understand what's going on with that. Um I believe that Yoel Romero is going to beat Robert Whitaker, in my opinion. You know, like this is me from a neutral standpoint. Uh, Robert Whitaker, of course, he's proven everybody wrong every single time. But I feel that this time that Yoel Romero, he he's going to come and he's going to take out Whitaker. A lot of people might not like it, but what do you think? But what, but what has Yoel shown you that, to say that he's going to take out Whitaker? He knocked out Luke Rockhold, which... Michael Bisping did too, and before he knocked him out, he it did he didn't look great. Before he knocked him out, um, Robert <laughs> is one of the guys that you just can't ever count out. Exactly, he, I understand what you're saying, but I just feel that look, and I, I get what you're saying too. I can't imagine you're losing to the same person twice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I've seen Rob fight since his first pro fight in Australia. Um, you know, and one thing I can guarantee you about Rob is he always, every fight he has ever had, he always comes back better. If you beat uh, Yoel like that last time, he's going he's gonna to be better prepared for it this time. I just have a feeling that Robert's going, he's going to be winning the fight, but somehow Yoel's just going to come like he always does and it's just going to catch him catch with something. Him. Yeah, it's that home run shot, you know? And I think that this time it, it, it could possibly happen with this fight. But if you're if I was a betting man, I would take Robert Whitaker because, like you just mentioned, that he always comes back stronger. But he's been out for a while, though. And we don't yeah. know what's going to happen with that thing that he had with the stomach and all that stuff. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we will. Now, what about – um? Megan Anderson. She hasn't she's been got fighting a, either. She's got she's got a hard fight. She's got a hard fight. I think that um I think she's super good, and I think it's super good that she's uh, like a a, a proper sized featherweight against Holly Holm, and I think that will make a a difference. I think she's super long, which makes it hard for Holly Holm to use her distance as much. 
But I, I think that um, Holly's a little bit quicker. Um, but I, th- I feel like when it comes to power in the hands and stuff like that, I think Megan can really put it on her. Um, I don't know how the layoff is going to do so much for Anderson. Um, Holly has obviously been fighting, but not looking as good since Yusada has come in. <laughs> um, you know, that's a real toss-up. I'm going for, for Anderson. Because um, she's an Australian, and I know how hard she's been working, and I know she's with Kraus, and I know how much work he's he really puts in on her, and I know the improvements that that she's made. Um, I think that I hope that she wins. I just think that Holly is a bad stylistic fight because I don't feel like she fights. I feel That's like what she I'm plays- saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying because I think this could be just a boring ass fight, to be honest with you, unless. Anderson just fucking fights like me against Ricky and just says fuck the kicks and just keep it walking straight. But it could, she could possibly do that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's see if she if she can get in, pass those kicks and pass that teeth, land her strikes. And I think if she if she does get her into that clinch against the fence, I think that that's where her success will come. Putting her up against ca- cage, using her weight, using her size, and using that clinch to her advantage, because she's got some great knees. Yeah. I, I- I see that this fight is going to be a decision if, if Holly Holmes wins. If Holly Holmes wins, yeah. it's going to be a decision. She's going to be on her bike, you know, going backwards and kind of like kicking from distance. But if Megan Anderson goes in there and implements a more aggressive style and doesn't get clipped coming in, she could just beat and finish. I, I feel that she can finish Holly Holmes. Yeah, if she, if she can get in on her. Yeah. But I'm taking Holly home with the decision. I think Holly home just dances around like she does. You're just an American. <laughs> I'm not American, man. You're an American. But hey, but hey, I'm gonna go with Ty Tuivasa though. I think Ty Tuivasa is the Ty, next. Ty, Ty is gonna sleep Alovsky. I said Alovsky has looked great in his last two fights, but I feel like Ty is is a bit too quick. And even my brother was saying it before. He thinks that the speed difference is is what's going to show in this fight because Ty, even though he's, he's a, like, um, he's a, a, he's a chubby heavyweight. He's not like a built heavyweight, like Olovsky. He's a chubby, but he's quick. And I think he's going to find Olovsky's chin in under two and a half minutes. I think under half a round, he finds his chin and he puts him to sleep. Yeah. Ty, he's a, he's a unique specimen of a, of a human being because like you said, he's a chubby heavyweight, but he's so light on his feet. And he's very flamboyant in his striking. And Ty, uh, Ty's going to beat Olovsky. Then he's going to beat Derek Lewis. Then he'll probably fight for a title. You never know. He might even just get a title shot after beating Olovsky. You know, with you the so? heavyweight division, it's just like, who knows what can happen with these guys, right? I th- that all depends on what happens with D- Stipe and DC, I guess. Exactly. And, uh, and then you got Francis Ngannou out there. I think he's fighting Derek Lewis, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's going to be a crazy fight. Um, I think it all depends on if Derek Lewis beats Francis Ngannou. If he beats Francis Ngannou, I think that they would put him up, put him up against a, a tie or he gets yeah. a title shot. Yeah. Well, I, don't really, I don't really want I like Derek Lewis, but I don't really want to see him fight for a title. I'm not that <laughs> interested in him. Yeah. What about Colby Covington? Are you a fan of him? No. Nah. You don't like his? His style. I think he's a douchebag. Like I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to sell some things, but there's like there's a there's a certain limit um, 
to your to your arrogance and as well like you know a lot of the brazilians call him out in person and then he, he shuts his mouth i was there when he got that boomerang thrown at him he he's a bitch <laughs> he did not want none of our doom we were laughing our ass so he did not want nothing until he pulled out his phone and then he started talking shit walking backwards kobe's a bitch yeah he but hey he's fighting for the title and, though but that's the thing if 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 you don't if you don't get yourself involved in shit like that and and it, like trouble like that comes your way fair enough um but like he's asking for trouble asking for trouble and then when it comes he backs away like a bitch so you got no respect for that man fabricio should have front kicked him to the face like he did travis brown yeah he 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 talks he knows how to like just talk shit and like when bad things happen to people he'll stab at you you know with a lot of fucking bad it, it, karma it, he's just waiting for someone to say something bad and he jumps on it every time he's just like a little rat <laughs> all right you, so you think rda is gonna punish him uh rda is gonna put the pace on him and fuck him up all right man well i i reckon rda tk round two round two yeah, yeah i think he's gonna punish him too um him yeah, against Lloyd, if he can keep that pace against Kobe, then he'll be fine. Yeah, but RDA, if he wins, he makes history, which is which what? is pretty that? crazy. Double division champ. But does it really count when you're the interim champ? It doesn't count if you're an interim champ. <laughs> oh, it does, but it doesn't. I agree like, that I agree with you that it doesn't count. Like interim it champ, it doesn't count. Like the top, you're not the. If you're the two-time thing, you're the undisputed champ. In my opinion, uh, an interim title is a is a hold me title. You're not the real champ until you got that actual belt. For sure, I agree, man. Like he needs to go. If he wins this, he needs to go beat Woodley. If he beats Woodley, then he's gonna be in the history books. You know, like anybody else. Well, the welterweight. Like, next episode, we got four fights, so we got a lot of we, we got a lot of talk to next time. So, uh, yeah, man. Until Sweet. next time, later. No man. Thanks, Ace, bro.